la 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 hello welcome to the heart of markness episode 25 25 of my led zeppelin jimmy page podcast thanks for popping by and let's get happen So today the topic is going to be the Valentine's Day 1975 show in uh, Nassau, Irwindale, Uniondale, Uniondale, New York uh, on uh, February 14th, 1975. They also played uh, the 13th, I think they played Nassau Coliseum the night before, and Ronnie Wood of the Faces at that time, soon to be of the Rolling Stones got up on stage and jammed with Zeppelin on a communication breakdown. I was going to throw it on this one, on this podcast, but I've already got three songs to play for you, and they're from 1975, so they're a little long. So I will save that Ronnie Wood one for uh, probably another Odds and Sods episode or another Hey Cool Jams or something. You'll hear it. Fear not. Fear not, little one. So here we are, is a 1975 tour, a physical graffiti tour. This is Valentine's Day, as Robert mentioned several times in the show. He alludes to the fact that the boys are so uh, desiccated and spent from uh, celebrating uh, the rites of St. Valentine with various groupies that they could hardly make it to the stage. But they somehow managed, and the fact of the matter is, all of them were still in their 20s, except for Jimmy, who was only 31. (laughs) And they just act like, oh, we can hardly do it. We can hardly go on. Um, But they were partying pretty hard. And um, the 75 tour kind of shows that. Not as much as 77, which is just pretty much just wasted. They're wasted all the time. Um, And you can hear it. 75, um, Jimmy is still fluid, which is something that's kind of lacking in 77, 79, and 80, uh, is his, his just, fluidity is the word, um, when he plays, and in 75, it kind of, it kind of lapsed a little, because, you know, they were drinking, he was drinking more, he was doing, um, Mandrax or Valium, which, I mean, if you've ever... If you're a musician and you've ever messed with Valium, it is by far, at least for me, it is by far the most debilitating uh, drug that I could take. I mean, even even being hammered, well, not hammered, but you know, even tipsy, um, the the to be the equal amount uh, intoxicated on Valium makes. Um, I don't know if you've seen Family Guy. Obviously, I'm sure you've seen Family Guy, but there's an episode where Peter is uh, a piano prodigy when he's drunk, and Lois, his wife, being a piano teacher, keeps him drunk so that he'll win the, uh, what do they call it? La, 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 recital. There we go. Sorry. Uh, So he gets drunk, and he sits down to play, and he plays the Mary Tyler Moore theme, but it sounds terrible because he's one key off on everything. And Lois comes out and moves him one key, and suddenly he's beautiful. Playing that one key off is kind of how playing on Valium is, at least for me. And I can hear the same thing when Jimmy's awful. I hear that. I mean, it's like... 
lots and lots of musicians did heroin and lots and lots of musicians were still good um so it's not just the heroin i mean it's 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 not not the heroin but um the biggest contributor i think was the booze and the valium the booze definitely too for fucking up jimmy's and and of course being you know breaking his finger just before the start of this tour which he did he broke the little tip um tippy tip of his uh left ring finger which is the one you use to bend the strings just before the tour started or maybe even like on the way to the first gig or something really really soon before the tour started um i believe it was in a subway door and you know he did not rehab it he did not take care of it he did not just like when he broke his finger i think he broke his finger in 73 same kind of thing except it was caught in a chain link fence uh he did not rehab it. He did not do... He took care of his hands the way that Robert took care of his voice. And we all know what happened to Robert's voice. And we all know what happened to Jimmy's hands. Um, so he's playing with a broken finger. At the beginning of this tour, they didn't even play Dazed and Confused. They did play some cool shit, like the Wanton song. They played How Many More Times for the only time during the 75 tour. And uh, I think they only played it a couple times on the 73 tour in England. Um... So they and they played when the levee breaks, <laughs> and I mean I would love to hear that. And there are a ton, not a ton. There, there, there's a, a a sweep of uh, soundboard tapes from 1975 that have been coming out over the last few years, or maybe they've already all come out. But um, there was a beautiful period of time when every few months there would be another soundboard tape from the 75 tour. And unfortunately, none of the early ones with When the Levee Breaks or Wanton Song or How Many More Times um, have come out in soundboard form. They're out in audience recordings, and, and some of them are okay, but not okay enough to listen to, and, and definitely not okay enough for the podcast. So, we won't be hearing those. Anywho, going back out of the weeds, back onto the road, let's get going. Here we are, February 14th. Very, very cold. Very, very 1975. Um, I'm going to play three songs for you from this show. Excellent. This is the Grams remaster of the uh, Empress Valley soundboard release, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So I will post this on hotofmarkness.com. You can get the whole damn show because I love you. But for now, we're going to listen to the three songs from it. First one's going to be Over the Hills and Far Away. And... I'm playing this because I fucking love this song and this version of this song, this this performance. Um, Bonzo's drumming is so smooth and so cool and um, laid back, unbelievably laid back, he and Jonesy. It's almost the, the, the visual image I have when I listen to this, to Bonzo playing on this song, is him driving a, uh, like a Cadillac convertible something classy not a sports car but like a cadillac convertible a cruiser you know in his in his leather jacket top down one hand on the wheel other hand on the door jam just leaned way back just cruising down the highway that's what i that's what this song feels like it is just funky and it's great and you know i don't even listen to jimmy's solo I don't. 
his his over the hills and far away solos don't really impress me much. Well, not impress me. That's a shitty word. Of course, they impress me. He's Jimmy Page. They don't really uh, uh, capture me much. During the solos, I tend to shift over to Bonzo. In fact, for this whole song, I tend to listen to Bonzo and Jonesy because they are so locked in and tight and so good. And I hope you will too. So let's give a listen to Over the Hills and Far Away. Heart of Markness. Enjoy. I need maybe more than enough. Oh, darling, 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 walk a while with me. Oh, you've got so much, and I really need so much. I have to have.
And we came here in a state of... Um, Jimmy managed to get to sleep at 3 o'clock this afternoon. And he was up again at 4.30. So we didn't really know whether we'd even got the strength to walk on the stage. But we have, and it's feeling good. We, were, we spent a few hours with St. Valentine last night, you see. Um, now, along with the, the material that you're familiar with already, we'd like to play you some of the stuff from Physical Graffiti, an LP which, uh, an LP which is, as usual, laid. It happens to be on a label called Swan Song, and that's why it's laid. Ha ha ha, Robert, you are so funny. Wasn't that good? You see what I mean about, you know, Bonzo just being crazy intense, but just leaning back and grooving? I loved it, and I love Jonesy's bass on that too. Super, super good. And and they're having fun. They're having fun, and they're still connecting to the audience. And it's great. It makes me happy, 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 happy. And I hope it makes you happy too. So, let's carry this happiness on to um, one of the tracks from Physical Graffiti, as Robert mentioned. Now, this is the 14th of February, and Physical, Physical Graffiti had not been released yet. It was released in America in, uh, on February 24th. So, it's still 10 days out, although people had heard songs, especially in the New York area, had heard songs like Cashmere and Trampled Underfoot, and probably somebody at some point had played a promo copy of the album by this point who knows but um people had heard tracks from the album but not the entire album and it wasn't out yet and nobody saw yet how cool it looked with the die cut cover of the uh the tenements in saint mark's place and uh, um great 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 fucking album design and just a great album so we're going to listen to trampled underfoot and this is is I think this is now my new favorite performance of Trampled Underfoot. My previous being Zurich 1980, June 29th. Uh, this is just fun and tight, and Jimmy plays some really cool shit, and Bonzo, of course, plays some really cool shit, and they are locked in tight. They are. This is the funkiest tour of Led Zeppelin. Got some, they got into some really, really, really great little funk jams. Um, with Jimmy actually being the weakest leg of the uh, pyramid, uh, of, the, of the tripod, in those jams. That's not saying he was bad. He absolutely wasn't. It's saying that Bonzo and Jonesy are just that good and that locked in. Um, anywho, Trampled Underfoot. This is uh, the first time a lot of people in that audience are hearing that song. And nobody owns it yet. It's brand new. And Zeppelin fucking kills it. So let's listen to Trampled Underfoot, everybody. Thank you.
As the chorus goes, I can't stop talking about. I can't stop talking about. I can't stop thinking about. Well, said Arthur, what can you do? I can think. So, there's a Siddhartha joke for you Herman Hess fans. That was pretty funny. Um, it fell a little flat, but it's, it's a decent joke. Um, traveled underfoot, kicked ass, did it not? Oh, and something I wanted to mention from Over the Hills and Far Away, kind of in the middle of Jimmy's solo, there was a period where John Bonham just goes fucking bonkers while still staying in the pocket and just being in that groove. And he does some cool snare stuff, and he does just a little fusillade of uh, hi-hat opens, you know, and um, it's just so tight. He was so, so good. And, you know, he and Jonesy are really the reason Zeppelin was so awesome, because it's a great backdrop for Jimmy and Robert to play, you know, with. And it's just uh, so good. I love this band. Okay. Well, we're at a half an hour now, and I still have one more song to play for you. And, uh, yes, I am going to play it for you. Sure. Fuck it. Um, it's the rain song. And you're like, Mark, why are you playing the fucking rain song? They did a hundred other songs like Dazed and Confused. They did Kashmir. They did In My Time of Dying. I know what they did. I have the goddamn bootleg. I don't want to play those. Those are even longer. Jesus Christ. If you play Dazed and Confused, you can like put your kids through college. You know, We will have colonized the moon. Our children's children will hear the end of this podcast. But um, the Rain Song... First of all, it's a beautiful song. Shut up. It is. It's just gorgeous. And it is played impeccably. And, um, I mean, Zeppelin always kind of nailed this song. It, it must be pretty easy for Jimmy to play even when he's wasted, even though it's so pretty. Um, here, it's it's just, you know, almost perfect. And Jimmy puts little filigrees in, and it's beautiful. And one of the reasons why this may be my favorite performance of the Rain Song, at least for now, um, is the tightness of the band. Even though it's a quiet song with Jonesy and Jimmy just playing together through most of it, even, um, Jonesy and Jimmy are so locked in together that the instant that Jonesy plays, you know, switches chords on the Mellotron or hits a different uh, bass pedal, Jimmy is there with the double neck. And the absolute precision with which the song is performed and how tight they are together makes it a million times better for me. I mean, I mean, they were great anyways. They were just on it. But just this, this performance in particular, and Robert gets a, you know... Robert gets into some pretty um, sweet falsetto in this song. And it's cheesy and it's hippie kind of, but it's also, uh, it's just beautiful. It just is. Jimmy's guitar is beautiful. The uh, alternate tuning and the chords he he is playing are just remarkably, remarkably lush and gorgeous. And he adds some really nice touches. There's a lot of emotion in this. So... Let's get to it so I can go to bed because it's 10 p.m. The rain song, everybody. Here you go. Oh, 
uh, February 14th. It's, it's the same concert. I'm not going to switch it out. Here you go. Bye-bye. <laughs>
it's majestic. It's they pull it off, and the stuff with Bonzo on the timpani, as he's as he's pedaling the timpani, raising and lowering the pitch, it works, and it works because the timing is impeccable. He is raising the pitch at the exact same tempo and exact same speed as Jimmy is raising it, just for that quarter second. It's completely in sync, and it just homogenizes the music and makes it one. And um, it's just a beautiful song. Jimmy's guitar tone is great. His little filigrees are great. Robert's falsetto, the whole thing. The Mellotron's in tune. And um, the keyboard that, that Jonesy's playing is called a Mellotron. And it's not a synthesizer. It's actually um, an electric keyboard with... Um, I don't know if it has 88 keys like a piano. Let's let's say it does. With 88 little tape loops that are triggered by the, the 88 keys. So instead of having a synthesizer going, oh, you want it to sound like a saxophone? Um, it's The Mellotron would have tapes, little loops spinning, that if you pressed the, let's say you, you pressed middle C, and it would, instead of synthesizing just out of nothing and extrapolating the waveform and going blam, it would play the tape of a saxophone or, you know, if it was a saxophone, mellotron or strings or whatever, playing middle C. So it'd be bump, but it would be a tape recording. So there's a very, very slight delay in triggering the sound. And it's also, I think, pretty hard to have it in tune all the time because you have to have eight, 88, let's say, I'm sure it's not 88, but 88 tape loops all synced, all at the right pitch. I mean, perfectly in tune with each other. And then having to deal with the vagaries of being moved around in a truck and thumped around and packed up on stage and thumped. And then under the stage lights where it goes, it was February in New York, so that day they may have gone from 25 degrees Fahrenheit to under the stage lights, you know, 80 degrees. And it's tape. It goes shrinky, shrinky, growy, growy. And if, as it does that, the pitch changes. So just the fact that they can have that thing optimized and tuned and have it sound great and just this performance of these guys with all those variables coming together perfectly I love this. I mean, it's the rain song. It's a beautiful song, and I love this particular performance. It touches my heart, as do you, dear listener. So, thank you for listening to The Heart of Markness. 25 episodes. It's kind of a mini milestone, right? 25. It's noteworthy. I shall celebrate it. Um, And I think it's been something like... 16 episodes in 16 weeks? I I have not let you down for, what is 16 weeks? Why, that's four months, which is a third of a year. Another milestone. Yay. See, you can trust me again. Daddy won't leave. (laughs) So, thank you. And if you aren't already following me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter if you're on Twitter. It's uh, at Heart of Markness. If you're on Facebook, which you probably are because you're probably middle-aged, join the Heart of Markness group on Facebook. We can get some stuff going. And if you're in the Heart of Markness group and you're listening to this, 
feel free to throw some stuff out there. There's like 30 of us just sitting there and I, you know, I don't post every day. So if you want to put something out there like, hey, what's your favorite? How many more times or something? Put it up there. People will answer. I'll answer and we'll get some stuff going. You know, you, uh, feel free to make your own posts as long as it's not, you know, selling essential oils or, you know, fascism or just some awful other shit that facebook is full of so just keep it zep related and uh go nuts kind of <laughs> and um i'm also on heartofmarkness.com and if you go to the site you will notice that i have started fulfilling my promise of having the content up there with um maybe a picture of the show the uh, the the podcast embedded as well as a download link to download the whole show I've got the last couple up there, and I'm going to be doing it from now on and going back and retrofitting the other posts for the older shows. So that's all good news. So probably tomorrow I will have my website updated with the, the link for the show and etc. But otherwise, you're listening to it now. And if you are of a mind, take a moment and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're hearing me from on if it's podbean leave a review if it's itunes well any whatever whatever it is whatever it is if if uh if the sounds are emanating from you know your dead grandma's skull because you're doing some horrible necromantic rite because you're too cheap to pay for wi-fi leave a review there <laughs> it helps it helps I'm, I, I'm starting to show up in search results on itunes I, I, I typed in Led Zeppelin, and way down at the bottom, my podcast showed up. And that's great. I'm happy to be way down at the bottom, because I wasn't anywhere for a long time. And that's all because of you. Enough of you left a review, and left the stars, or a little, or, or a text review, or both, that the algorithm picked me up and said, Hey, apparently this fuckhead has some amount of relevance for the term Led Zeppelin. So when people throw it in, boom, I'll pop up eventually. And it'll only go up the more you guys leave reviews. My power will grow and my will will be fulfilled. But until that day, that dark, dark day, uh, I will still need your help. <laughs> so if, if you're of a mind too, you know, you're feeling magnanimous, leave a review and um, it helps out so thank you for listening next week i don't know what i'm going to do um you know i really don't know what i'm going to do there's some stuff i'd like to do that i can't find the right recordings for i really want to do uh jimmy page and roy harper uh the valentine's day concert the year before in 1974 roy harper did a concert and um had i think he called the band the intergalactic elephant band it was roy harper Jimmy Page, Ronnie Lane on bass, and Keith Moon on drums. And both Robert Plant and John Bonham were MCs for the show. It was amazing. It's all Roy Harper songs. And, you know, if you don't like Roy Harper, I don't blame you. Um, I don't blame you at all. But um, it's really good. And it's, it's released on one of Roy's albums called Flashes from the Archives of Oblivion. But that's a hard one to get hold of, kind of. And um, I can't play 
released content on the podcast or I'll go to the pokey forever. So I found an audience recording of the show and I was like, yay, but it sounds like garbage. It sounds like, you know, clandestine radio recordings from, you know, the resistance in occupied territory. It, not even worth so. Anyways, I'm trying to find things to play for next week, and that fell through. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a rambler tonight. So, but I'll come up with something. Um, maybe something out of left field, or maybe I'll stick with Zeppelin for a little while, because y'all seem to like it. And who doesn't like Led Zeppelin? Bad people. Bad people. That's who. And since you're not a bad person, I will wish you a good night, because it is now 1030 and I am going to bed because I'm old. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. See you later.